This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome everyone, the Bastards are back for this Tuesday edition of the podcast. We are brought to you in part by the Minute Media Podcast Network. Quick disclaimer once again for any first time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. I am Terry Cushman coming to you from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina by way of Wyndham, Maine. You can find me on Twitter at CushmanMLB. You can find the podcast account at Bastards underscore Boston. Filling in once again for Joe Goddard from the mile high city of Denver by way of Quincy, Massachusetts. Andrew Dwan, ready for round two? Ready for round two. Yeah, ready to go. Had some coffee. Got myself kind of a little more woken up. Spent a full day in the sun, so it really started to sap all my energy somehow. I hate when that happens, but yeah, ready to go. All right. I don't think you've ever done this. This is totally legit. I'm calling the cops. So (laughs) it's a fun show. It's a fun show. Uh, Also joining us for the second show in a row from the city of Syracuse, New York, Mark Rollins. Mark, ready for round two? Absolutely. I mean, I didn't have any coffee. I'm shocked that Andrew did. I, what a, well, I guess it's different for you, but we'll peek behind the curtain. It's 1130 p.m. for me. So <laughs> the, the fact that he just said he was drinking coffee was amazing to me. I'm going to regret this in like two hours. Don't oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm ready for round two. I loved being on uh, episode, my first episode. I can't wait for the second one. All right. Yeah. And Andrew is two hours behind us, so. That's why I keep him on. Uh, well, typically he's on the midweek show in case we go like 15 innings. It's not going to, you know, <laughs> it's not going to suck so much to be him as it might us. But um, and the Sunday shows, typically those are afternoon games aside from ESPN games. But yeah. OK, so uh, totally legit or calling the cops. So I've got six scenarios. Most of the audience is probably familiar for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it out and uh, we'll lead off with Mark again. Actually, you know what? I meant to do this. Mark, where can they find you on Twitter? Oh yeah, that's uh, at marker underscore box. Okay, marker underscore box. And uh, Andrew, go ahead. Uh, at Andrew Dwan MLB. Okay, excellent. I don't think I got that out on the previous show. My apologies for that. Um, all right. So we'll start off with uh, the first one here. Now, this is going to be very specific numbers, and I'll explain why (laughs) in a a minute. But just go with it for now. 
by the end of 2022, Franchi Cordero's slash line will be a 245 average, 325 on base, 433 slugging with 15 dingers and 68 RBIs. So, Mark, is that totally legit, or are you going to call the cops? I want to call the cops just based on the numbers you threw out there. I mean, like I said, talk about specific. Um, no, but I'll say that's legit. I, I think Franchi will be up for a while with this team, and we all know about the power. The RBIs, I think, could be a little high, but I think it's about what we should expect from Franchi moving forward, yeah. I'm not buying it. I'm calling the cops on that. Um, I do believe that the average in the OBP, and actually I think the OBP could be even higher. Uh, what did you say, 325? Uh, 325 OBP with a, a 245 average. Yeah, I, th- I think he could – uh, I think he could exceed that OBP. For me, it's the home run total. Um, I don't think he's going to get enough playing time consistently to the point where he's going to be uh, uh, really going for the downs there. I just don't see the 15 home runs coming um, in maybe 50% or less playing time going forward. I gave those specific numbers because that was Mitch Moreland's uh, slash line in 2018. So gotcha. what I'm okay. what I'm hoping is that Franchi Cordero can can kind of give us what what Mitch Moreland gave us. And I guess I'll lean on the on the calling the cop side too. 15 and 68 are, are going to be hard. I will say this, though, if Costas gets called up, you can put Franchi in right field if you prefer him over Bradley. So. I, I do think there is a way that he could potentially get some playing time. Another scenario, just throwing it out there, this is kind of a depressing one, but if we trade off some guys you know, at the deadline, that's probably going to lead to some playing time as well. Uh, oh, yeah. If you gave him the – I think I just looked it up. I think it was like 147 games or something like that with Moreland had. If – if you gave him that, I think he could give you those that home run total, maybe a little bit lower on the average, but I think he could give you those power numbers. My bad. I thought Moreland played 124 that year. Oh, is that what I might be looking I at? Could've, I could have been wrong. I, no, you're right. You're right. It was uh, 2016. He went 147. Okay. Got it. So that's that's probably wishful thinking on my part, but if if suddenly he can be your Mitch Moreland, I think I think the Red Sox would take that every time. Here's a good one. JD Martinez will be traded to the Tampa Bay Rays by the trade deadline. Uh 911, what's your emergency? <laughs> uh no. I I get where you're coming from with this because of the Nelson Cruz trade last year that the Rays made. That was the most anti-Tampa Bay Rays move I've ever seen. I was shocked, shocked by that deal. I couldn't believe they made that trade. I don't think they're going to do it two two years in a row, and I certainly don't think the Red Sox are going to trade J.D. Martinez, especially within the division. So, yeah, no, I'm calling the cops on that one. You're an absolute madman and deserve to be put away. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, exact same sentiment here. Call the cops is 0% chance. And thank you for bringing up that Nelson Cruz one because that was 
one of the you know the the race uh, yeah the race never lost trades right that was kind of the thing they never lost them well they kind of do a lot now you got you lost uh when you trade your shortstop to Milwaukee you lost when they traded Cronenworth to San Diego now Joe Ryan it looks like a number two starter and Nelson Cruz I think might have had like one or two hits in the playoffs yeah he was, was not good yeah he was horrendous and I, I there was so much fear-mongering in Boston when um he got moved down there mm-hmm. I I can't even JD would require so much more than um, Nelson would in return. And honestly, even if the Red Sox were contending, I, I almost think you'd have to take the call if they were willing to give you a Joe Ryan thing. But I, I no, I no chance, zero percent chance. Well, I think it's it's legit, uh, and the Rays missed out on Freddie Freeman, and I, I think they still want a big presence in their, in their lineup as they probably will win a wild card uh, going down the stretch. And we saw bloom much different scenario, but they've already made a deal in, in the Hein bloom era. Um, we got their catcher who we thought was a steal. Uh, I forget his name. Was it Hernandez? Ronaldo Hernandez. Yeah. And all we gave up was uh, Jeffrey Springs and, and Chris Mazza to get him. Um, so I don't really know who won that trade at this point, but um, but I think I think Bloom would be willing to to talk to Tampa, and he knows their system well, so he's going to know what he wants. And uh, JD could end up somewhere else, but I think Tampa's a, a pretty good fit, and they only have. Excuse me, G-Man Choi right now, you know, DHing for them. Tampa should want this. I mean, I, I swear to God, I, if they if the Red Sox are out of it and they can get a 50 future value guy out of this, like Joe Ryan, Joe Ryan, I think, was the 10th, the Rays' 10th prospect going into that season. So if we can get that, I'm all for it. And I love JD. And that would honestly put, like, the stamp on one of the best – like uh, free agent contracts in Red Sox history. If they got what they got out of JD to some top five MVP finishes, a world series ring, and then got a pretty damn good prospect in return. You sign. I mean, that's literally one of the best free agent deals in Red Sox team history. And uh, it was before Heim, but the Red Sox have made a, a pretty impactful trade with the Rays in the past. Uh, 2018 Jalen Beeks for Nathan Eovaldi. Yeah, I'd I'd say that one worked out pretty well for the Sox, but I just don't see JD. I I don't see him in that deal. I just can't do it. It'll if his numbers continue to trend upward and and the extra base hits and whatnot, then you know it, it might become less viable. But I I don't think he's gonna get. I don't think we're in a massive haul for him. Was Joe Ryan? Was he in the Nelson Cruz deal? Yes. He was. Wow. Yeah, he was. He was the piece to come back. Wow. Jeez. So that was very recent too. They could have had him, you know, he could have been their opening day starter outside of McClanahan, but uh all right. That's uh that's interesting. Uh all right, next. <laughs> this is a good one. I like this one. Dave O'Brien will be fired by Nesson after twenty twenty two. I don't get the Dave O'Brien hate. I think he's fine. 
I don't think he's great. He certainly isn't Don Orsillo, but I feel like that's most Red Sox fans' problem with him is that he isn't Don Orsillo. The Red Sox will, I'll say, I don't think they'll ever have a better play-by-play guy than Don Orsillo. But I don't think Dave O'Brien's that bad. I, I tend to enjoy him. I think he's very versatile. I like him when he does college basketball. I like him when he does a lot of things. Would I prefer if someone else was the voice of the Red Sox? Absolutely. No, I don't think he'll get fired by Ness, and I'm going to call the cops on that one. But I'm just saying, I think he's okay. Yeah, I'm, I I don't buy it. Um, calling the cops on that <laughs> one. I I don't think they'd fire. I I'm trying to look up his contract right now. And I so I already did. I already and that that I he, did he a got bit. an extension in 2019. Do you know what year? It runs through. I don't, but this would be the end of the third year. So okay. typically I, it's going to be a three or four year deal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't see them ever getting rid of someone. I can see them not renewing a contract when that's up. But I think we would I think we would have heard um, if he was in the final year of his deal. And I just they've gotten so much bad PR. I don't think they would, you know, take another you know hit in terms of that. It's really 50-50 with O'Brien. If I took a poll, that's about what it would be on Twitter. That, no, that's fair. I just – when do you stop getting guys that want to come work for your network when you let two go in a row like that? You know what I mean? Like it just starts looking bad on your behalf. You think Mike Moran would be like, no, no way. I'm not coming to work for you guys. I think he would. I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> See, here's here's some things real quick. We've seen some different color guys come in. We we've seen Euclid here and there. We've seen Maserati. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've seen Millar for the first time this weekend, and I don't know which one's the best of all of them. Uh, probably, I think most people would probably say Euclid, but O'Brien had no idea what to do with Millar. Millar was up there being goofy, talking about funny stories from the past. And he probably could have spent more time on the technical stuff, if you're asking me. But there was just no chemistry there. And one of my favorite parts of this whole season with all these experiments was with Kevin Euclid breaking down the hybrid of the slider and the cutter when he called it a slutter. <laughs> and, and if Don Orsillo was in the booth when when Euclid gave that, it would have been they would have had to go to Jemai Webster for five minutes while mm-hmm. Orsillo recovered. And with O'Brien, he just doesn't know what to do. There's just there's no real sense of humor. There's no real connection with the fan base. Ratings are going to be down this year, and the performance of the team might have a lot to do with that, but. I think they're going to see this as a good opportunity to make a move. I don't know if his contract's up this year or next, but it's it's coming soon. I thought, sorry, really quick. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought Molar actually did a great job, and he let his personality continue to show despite not having the exact chemistry with uh, Dave O'Brien. And listen, to Dave O'Brien's credit, having like seven guys that you're constantly trying to work with can't be easy. But I will say Millar did well in the fact that that 
you look at what Euclid did when he worked with Monaco in spring training was great. Sounded like he'd been there for years. Then he worked with Dave and it was just like these awkward pauses. He -hmm. didn't seem comfortable with, with them bouncing things back and forth. I watched the away broadcast when Tony Maz is in the booth. Um, so I can't speak to that because I can't stand him. Yep. Um, <laughs> I I just, I don't know. I, I thought Millard did a, a pretty damn fine job. And I don't know if he'd ever leave. I think he's still with MLB Network. But yes, I I, I don't know. I, w- I would like to get rid of Eck as well. If we did like really? modern. Yeah, oh. I don't think- oh. I'm calling the cops on Andrew. Uh, me too. He, he hates the Red Sox. <laughs> he literally openly roots against them. Um, well, it's it, been a bad year, man. Well, even when Va- when Vasquez strikes out on that horrific call the other day, he's like, "Yeah, that's what you get." He's like, he's like, Dude, <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now? I, I don't know. I can't All stand right. him. I just wanted to see them. If you could just give me a consistent booth with Euclid and Monaco, tell me that's my announcing team for the next seven, eight, ten years. I'm completely satisfied with that. And I I like Monaco. I. I don't know if I come from a slightly different perspective. I did play-by-play all throughout college. Like, I did baseball. I know how hard it is to do play-by-play for baseball. And I think O'Brien technically does a very good job. No one outside of Don Orsillo could possibly have good chemistry with Kevin Millar. I am a big fan of Millar. I watch Intentional Talk on MLB Network all the time. I think he's great. I thought he was great in the booth. There isn't a single broadcaster on the planet outside of Don Orsillo that would be able to handle him. That's just the way it is. And that's only because he had 20 years with Remy. You know, and they're very similar in that way where Remy was like, you know, I'm not going to, I don't give a shit about breaking down the technical aspect of the game. I want to talk about the guy that threw pizza at a fan. Like that, that's what Remy was all about. That's what, what Malar is all about. Uh, the firing Ack thing. I mean, I love Ack. I think Ack is yeah, hilarious. Hard the, no for me. His his terminology is so funny to me. I don't know why. It's not even just like the slutter thing. The fact that he refuses to call a home run anything other than going bridge is so funny to me. Or Johnson, yeah. Or Johnson, yeah. Those are the only two things he says. He he won't say dinger. He won't say bomb. He won't say anything like that. He's just like went bridge or a Johnson. That's hilarious. Keep back in the book in the booth for thirty years. It's so well, funny. The issue is he doesn't want to be there half the time. He only wants to do like rainy games because he's not missing out on some like sun tanning in his backyard he works an eighth of the year he doesn't travel well i guess none of them do at this point but i i just i don't know i i want consistency look what we had with the celtics we had mike and tommy we had orsillo and remy before that we had mcdonough and remy you know it's just give me those two voices that i'm used to Every single night in night out, I don't want to just be like, "Oh, who is it today?" Because it's Tuesday. Who is it tomorrow? I don't know. I, I just it's baseball. Give me consistency. Let them be my voice this summer. I don't. I really think they're going to move on from O'Brien. I really do. I, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, here we go. I, I think you guys are going to call the cops on me the whole show. Um, Fernando Tatis will play less than 30 games in 2022. 
Not due back until mid-June, I think, as well. This is really interesting to me. I think it's legit. As much as I love Fernando Tatis Jr., he's the only person getting in his own way. It reminds me of Rob Manfred. Um, He just... He was asked when his motorcycle accident was, and he said which one. That's oh, not that's, what you want that's out a of bad answer. <laughs> that's a bad answer. That's the worst answer you could possibly give. It. I love him. He's so talented. He's so fun to watch. I don't think he'll be around much this year. So I'll say legit. I think he, he's got that shoulder issue. There's so many things things that go wrong with Fernando Tatis Jr. that I'll say it's legit that he plays less than 30 games. Um, I watched some video of him uh, taking some infield the other day and going after uh, shallow fly balls. I think he comes back. I think this team has a window. Uh, Manny Machado could be your NL MVP this year. I really think that he is going to do whatever he can do. And let's not forget, he's got his contract too. So it's not like you know, he doesn't want to get hurt and risk the bag. I, he, he's got nothing to, you know, he's really playing for nothing monetarily at this point. Um, I think he comes back. I, I think he wants to be back. He doesn't seem like a guy that would just nurse the IL. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I think we're going to see him back before his expected date. So calling the cops on that one. That's where we'll put you. Yeah. Um, all right. I just feel like why would he want to play baseball? Like Andrew said, he's got his contract. I just, he doesn't strike me as a gamer. You know, I don't know how legit that shoulder thing is. I mean, it, I guess I, at face value, I would have to say it is legit, but he just keeps coming up with reasons to not be on the field. And I don't like the way he reacted when Manny Machado got in his face last year and said, you know, it's not always about you and you need to clean things up and, and this and that. Mm -hmm. I I don't think he necessarily, um, you know, reacted well to that. And I think he's been a part of those second half collapses that they've had. And, and, you know, they kind of underperformed in the, the 2020, you know, that weird postseason that they put together. So, I think this could be a complete dud year for Tatis. See, it's interesting because I think he's too much of a gamer. He reminds me, he reminds me of 20 year old Bryce Harper. He gets hurt because he slides into bases too aggressively. He, you know, he separated his shoulder. That's how he separated his shoulder. They moved him into the outfield. He's running into walls with zero regard for his own safety. And I think that's great. But at the same time, sometimes you got to slow down and let the game come to you. And Bryce Harper did that. And what did he do when he was 22 years old? He won MVP and hit 40 home runs. Like that's, I think he's got to learn that lesson where he's just like, okay, I got to slow down. I got to take a breath. I got to let the game come to me. I can't play nearly as aggressive as I did before. I don't, I think all the injuries are legit. I think they're legitimately lingering because he plays too hard. And he reminds me of a Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton does the same thing. Buxton is too much of a gamer. He plays too hard as to where it hurts his body. So that's why I don't think he's going to last, because I think he's going to come back. He's going to try to make a diving play at shortstop, and oh, no, he turned his wrist over, and now he's out another six weeks. 
Yeah, I'm with Mark on this one. I think he's extremely passionate. I mean, you're talking about a guy that literally grew up with baseball in the clubhouses as a kid. Um, I think he goes all out, and I don't think it helps him. He's going to have to, you know, stop going, you know, 165 and, you know, just start going the speed limit in the field. Didn't even mean that to be a pun with all this motorcycle stuff. But, um, yeah, he just has to have some regard for his body at this point. And I think that the second, you know, actually he bypassed the surgery the first time, but this surgery will open his eyes and be like, you know, I I don't want to just not be around this team. I want to be on the field. I I think that he's going to have – I really think he's going to have a monster second half. I picked the Padres to win the West. So I, uh, you know, to do that, you know, having a a healthy Tatis would, um, you know, make that happen. All right. We got two left. Uh, Buck Showalter leads the Mets to the World Series and wins National League Manager of the Year. Mark, totally legit or are you calling the cops? Totally legit. I mean... This Mets team is something special. I loved that Buck Showalter hire. I think, you know, we'll see what they get out of DeGrom this year. He just got moved to the 60-day IL, but that doesn't mean much. They were going to do that anyway. He's throwing from 60 feet 6 inches now, um, which is a huge thing. And so we'll see what they get out of him. But, oh, God, who could they replace as their number one starter? Oh, three-time Cy Young winner Max Scherzer. Oh, okay. This team will be fine. I think I that's totally legit. I'm as great as the Dodgers are. I don't have them making the World Series. I initially had the Braves. That looks awful. Um, but I think the Mets are the best team in the NL East, and I think they might be just be the best team in the National League. Yeah, like you, I also had the Braves going to the World Series, but the Mets look good, so I'd say it's legit. Uh, to this point, but I do think they will have to take the throttle off Max Scherzer. I gotta not lean on him for seven innings each start. Um, maybe take him out after five, let your offense do the rest. Um, I think they're getting a lot of contributions in that rotation that no one saw uh, going into the year. Um, I was scared about the DeGrom injury, but they've absolutely weathered it. And we do know that uh, if they have to eat a horrible contract to get a Luis Castillo and, you know, like take Moustakis and whatever else trash that uh, Cincinnati has that they want to get rid of, they could do that or buy out Oakland. And I mean, Cohen could buy him a new stadium in return. I don't know. <laughs> I really do. Uh, the, Mets, the Mets look, yeah, the Mets look legit at this point. Hard to pick against them. I'm going to say legit as well. Um, my only, you know, pause would be that Frankie Lindor contract not working out so well. I was willing to give him a pass last year, but only five dingers, six doubles on the year, hitting 231 with a 312 OBP. If he heats up, then then we're talking. But I don't see the Mets having a second half meltdown under a guy like Showalter. No. That's his not, team. Not under him. Yeah, that's his team, and I th- I think he's got their respect, and I think I don't think they're going to lose the division by any means. I, I think at a minimum they're going to win that, and 
I don't see why they they couldn't go all the way to the World Series. I think we had a clean sweep with the regular crew of the Braves. I think every single one of us uh, picked the Braves, if I'm not mistaken, to go. But I'll say this about them, though. I mean, they're deeply talented, and they were they were under 500 last year until about August 1st, and then mm-hmm. and then <laughs> the rest is history. So tough team to to write off completely. Anyway, final one. And I'll tell you, weigh all the factors, trades, all that stuff, you know, before you give your answer. Rich Hill ends 2022 leading all Red Sox pitchers in wins. Totally legit, are you calling the cops? Oh, boy. I'm going to call the cops. Okay. Because I think... Rich Hill has a lower chance of ending the season on the Red Sox than Nathan Eovaldi. I think Eovaldi turns it around. I think he finishes the season with the Red Sox. I'm not so sure about Rich Hill. If there's a contender that, like, I could see him getting traded to the Dodgers again so easily. If the Dodgers need another arm around the time of the trade deadline, there's like, we know what this guy is. We know we can throw him out of the bullpen in the postseason. Let's go and get him. Uh, so I'd say it's probably Eovaldi by the end of the season. Um, and Rich Hill has been great. You know, love, like I said, last episode, love me some Dick mountain. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I don't see him leading this team in wins. Yeah. That's uh cops for me too. I actually, this of all of the ones tonight, this is the one I feel str- most strongly against. Um, even if he is with this Red Sox team and makes 30 starts, I don't think he's going to pitch enough innings each start to qualify for the win to begin with. Um, we've, you know, this team should be getting deeper uh, theoretically with pitching with Paxton and Sale, hopefully. Uh, but we also do have like Brian Bayo and Brandon Walter coming up. Um, Winkowski potentially. I, I really think they're going to start cutting his starts to four max five innings. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I can't see any scenario. I don't, I don't see a scenario where he hits 10 wins. I mean, I don't know if anyone will, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, let me get the stats up. So he and I, I'm going to call the cops too officially. Uh, I think, I think, Rich Hill and Nick Pavetta are the two most likely to still be with the Red Sox. I think Evaldi's traded for sure. Uh, if we're out of it, I mean, who's going to give you a bigger haul? Maybe Bogarts if that happens. Um, I don't think JD quite nets you what a guy like Evaldi will. So I think Evaldi's gone. I think Walk is gone on a one-year deal if he's pitching well. Totally expendable. Um, I think I'm missing someone in there. Maybe I'm not. Uh, I don't think Hill commands a ton of value, but he, he certainly could be traded. And I think Pavetta is, um, he's got two or three years beyond this. So it makes less sense that he'll be traded because he's so controllable. But I think of the two, I think Pavetta will, will eventually win more, but, but because he was on such a hot streak, I I threw it out there. Um, so, so yeah, 
Um, fun episode. Uh, that was all six scenarios. Not going to lie. I, uh, I had the first three fast and then I had to really dig deep for those, uh, those last, uh, three, but, uh, typically Charlie is the one who, who comes up with those and, and then hosts the show. So, uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. Thanks again for Mark for, uh, coming in and, uh, helping out. It was, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's nice I, to have I had a some, blast, dude. Yeah. It's nice I, to have some new energy just to switch it up every now and then. But if you ever need a guest again, I am always available. All right. Well, you'll be the first uh you'll be the first DM I send uh to do that. So um everyone have a, a good rest of your week. We'll be back uh Wednesday night to record the uh the Astros outcome, so that'll be available on your Thursday morning commute. Take care.